0: Welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Melissa, how are you? I am
1: good. This is actually the first time we get to record Mm live-ish, even though we're posting it this week. Um, So I feel a little out of practice, I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
0: I know. I think we both are coming back from some pretty fun travel adventures, so Mm -hmm. we're jumping back into it. I will say, though, I really enjoyed traveling, but I kind of missed recording because we had done some batch records earlier before our trip, so it feels good to be back in the saddle, as it were.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Routines are good. Routines are good. Although I will say it would have been even better to be recording beachside in Tulum,
0: Mexico. Uh, But you know. (laughs) For sure. I will say if I was recording in Taipei, there would probably be a lot of background noise (laughs) because it is a fun, bustling city. But I am a big fan of Taiwan now and I can't wait to go back. And I was also in Seoul visiting some friends and in the past year, that's become a really important city to me. So it was great.
1: You've hit some, you've hit a lot of continents this year. i have just yeah. realized, or a couple continents, I suppose. Yeah,
0: um, North America, Europe,
1: Asia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is it's really on brand for you. Um, <laughs> and I'm just lucky that I was able to to go to one of those places <laughs> at least. <laughs>
0: Oh no, you did Central America, North America, Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, oh, sorry. I meant with you. Oh yeah. I was <laughs> was able to do one with you.
1: But I think we're not not our true manifestations for this this episode, but I think there's a lot of piloting workshops, retreats, mm-hmm. potential trips that were manifesting for this podcast and this brand. Um, because that's just like our love language, like one
0: of our pillars, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we're here. I mean, the name is piloting. We're literally oh, catching flights. Yes.
1: <laughs> or
0: catch hit in the flights, road. Not yeah.
1: feelings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm really excited for our topic today because I was thinking a lot about networking and the importance of relationships and maintaining connections, you know, professional and personal especially just coming back from being overseas. You know, I hadn't been in South Korea for a year and just would I still have the same friends or were, were some of those relationships that I made last year, would those still be strong when I came back this year? And as grateful that many of them were, both with people locally and some friends who were traveling who also returned around the same time. So let's, let's talk about networking. I mean, I feel like networking has a little bit of a feels like a dirty word to some people. It gives some people the ick. Um, what do you think about when you think about networking?
1: It, it does. I don't know what it is about that word. Maybe it just comes off as really inauthentic. But I think at the core of what networking does and what it can do, like when we dig into it, I think there's a lot of ways for it not to be icky. But yeah, when you just say, hey, I'm not, I'm going to go network now. It, it just sounds like, Uh, Okay, Jeffrey. Like, go network. Like, it just doesn't. Not Jeffrey. I don't. (laughs) I'm picking on a Jeffrey. I don't know. Um, but I think it's when you actually define what networking is versus just saying what networking. Like saying the word networking, it feels better. And you mentioned it. Networking is that is building relationships, maintaining relationships. Um, I think there's like an exchange of information and insight with people in your career, um, but it also doesn't have to be just career driven. Um, And so I think sometimes networking, maybe the ick part comes from that of just like, okay, so now like I'm doing my job and then I have to go network outside of my job hours and it maybe tends to lean inauthentic. Um, and
0: so maybe that's why it gives people the ick because it just feels like more work. For sure, I think. I think for me, when I th- hear the word networking, I think of schmoozing. I think of someone who's eager to mm-hmm. hand out their business card and to take names. Someone who is a little slick you know, like you say an inauthentic, but Mm -hmm. I've been reading this book and I was telling you offline. It's actually my favorite book of the year so far. It's called Never Eat Alone by Keith Farazi. It's sort of a business book. um, It's a really well-known business book and it's all about networking and it's about structuring success one relationship at a time. And one of the reasons I love this book is in addition to having really specific, actionable tactics on growing your network, maintaining your network, being authentic in your network in all spaces, conferences, dinner parties, cold calls, whatever, he has a a really fresh um, look or definition of what networking is. For him, he says, connecting is a philosophy of life and a worldview, and it's a guiding principle that every person you meet is an opportunity to help and be helped. And so building a network or networking is not just about when can I get this job or how can I sign this new business and super corporate, you know, suit and tie boots kind of vibe, but it's really about generosity helping people, intimacy, connection. And yes, some of those connections might lead to success financially or professionally, but it could also lead to, you know, other forms of rewards that aren't really tied to your work life. And I just really like that view of networking, that it's really just about how can I help and be helped by other people?
1: I I really like that as well because at the end of the day, we all just want to feel heard, understood, and yeah, having a network of people who you can reach out to or support and or, um, or you can also support. I mean, I can't pull out the research for this right now, but people who have communities are better fit to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's – I think – you know, that's a fact. There's like studies that show uh, longevity of life based on the communities that they're in and the the support that they feel within their network and all that stuff. And so your network doesn't necessarily need to be specific to your career or, oh, no, I got to reach and, and find a job through my network because, you know, quote, I've been laid off. Um, although it's good to have that network. But I think your, quote, network is so much more than that. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, we got to be there for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to be kind humans and everyone has their story to tell and it's this opportunity to do that. Um, but it's also an opportunity for you to share yours, to feel more understood, to share the really cool things that people are doing. i um, going to pull this one from a few episodes back, but people are awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And isn't it (laughs) exciting to be able to understand um, how people are awesome and to be able to share that with others. So I need to read that book. Oh my gosh. It's Um, so,
0: so good. Highly recommend. I
1: know. I was like, I'm going to borrow it. And you're like, uh, you're going to see all of my notes. So I kind (laughs) of, You can enjoy my my own coffee, (laughs) (laughs) but they might distract you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge highlighter as well. So it sounds to me like that's a a hardcover forever on your bookshelf kind
0: of book to buy. (laughs) It is. It is. And I I like what you said about networking kind of being about people telling their stories and being able to share that with themselves too, because I think – for me, I have found that early in my career, um, I really focused networking in a very like, here we are at an event, I've got my blazer on, like super professional. And it just didn't feel like the full version of me. And it was very much, how do I get in rooms with people in the same job field as me, so that we can move in that space. But I think a really rich and rewarding network isn't limited to the field that you work in, or, you know, I think your network is enriched by diversity. And so you might get a job lead from a friend who's a lawyer, even though you are a ballet dancer, you might find a romantic partner through a colleague who you only know in a professional sense. Like I think Just viewing it, again, more so as like relationship building, connecting, just creating this web of friendships and people in your life and not bucketing them as these people are friends, these people are family, these people are professional contacts. Like, you know, like just the human experience isn't siloed. And I don't think we should put our efforts at growing the people around us who support us and who we care about in those silos either.
1: A thousand percent. I would retweet that because we're multi-dimensional, multi-layered. And so if we – we don't want to be put in a box and, you know, some of the narratives being told maybe when we were younger in college about what networking is sort of boxes us into that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm the same with you. Like I – the ick that we're feeling with networking is that of like, oh, For me personally, it's like, oh, okay, I have to go to a marketing conference and learn about growth marketing and SEO. And even though those things are part of my job, you know, I'm not as excited maybe as more so going to – a conference that's dedicated to women in leadership or women entrepreneurs. Even though I myself may not be an entrepreneur, there is so much more perspective that I can gain. And sometimes those – for me, those like some of those conferences and networking opportunities, I have limited myself in previous in previous times because I thought, oh, I'm in marketing. So I go to marketing things mm. versus – expanding and because that's how you evolve you're like wow I didn't know this world and now this has just blown blown up and I think of it with mentorship and I've been told you know sometimes I look to my manager as a mentor and although they can be your mentor you also don't have to be limited to that Mm -hmm. I've been told and been given advice of like Seek mentorship elsewhere. It doesn't even have to be in your workplace. Um, it doesn't even have to be in your field. Yeah. It can just be someone that you just connect to and you can get another perspective, like you mentioned before, diversity and thought. Um, and I'm like, you know, and, and personally speaking, I feel like mentorship has been something that I've just continued to crave in my career. And so that's probably a goal for me post this episode of networking to seek eventual mentorship or just seek people that I, you know, respect and continue to have conversations
0: with. Yeah. I also like that you point out about seeking or if not seeking, at least remaining open to finding those mentors or people outside of your company or even outside of your field. I know for me, I, early in my career, like, I'm a Black woman, and I always felt like I wanted my mentors to be other women or other Black people or people of color, ideally someone who's at the intersection of both. And I've definitely gained some insights from those people, you know, who kind of fit some of those demographics that I was looking for. But my career has also been really propelled, and I've gotten really great opportunities from like, white men, you know? So it's it's not mm-hmm. always about limiting ourselves to specific feels or specific looks. Like, sometimes you can be really enriched by someone who on the surface might be very different from you. And that could be the person who really, you know, opens doors for you or pushes you in new ways that you weren't being pushed before or can introduce you to people or rooms that you might not have had access to before because of some of, you know, the limitations of where you currently are, your existing circle, you know, like, maybe my hand full of friends are all interested in the arts, but there's a cool opportunity in sports. And this other person outside the company, was the one who got my foot in the door that I me and my existing people wouldn't have had access to before. So I, I do appreciate that reminder to keep an open eye to look beyond what I guess the textbook is telling you of where to where to build your network and who to invest your time with.
1: Mm. And it, networking is an investment of of time. And I think it's so critical and I'm so glad we're talking about this within you know the theme of piloting and under better understanding and seeking out that passion and purpose that you have because how are you to know and discover maybe stumble upon what that is? If you're repeating the same sort of networking tactics mm. and you're going to the same rooms with the same people um, talking about the same thing, you're going to burn out from it. And that's obviously if you're continuing to do that and not seeing the change that you want to see, you're not, you, you you have to spruce it up. And so going to and, and speaking to and expanding your network and looking at places you may have not looked before, that's where the stumbling The passion, the purpose may, Mm -hmm. quote, fall into your lap. Um, At least that's what I'm personally hoping for myself too. One day, (laughs) it's like, tell me the answer of what I need to do with my life. And then I have to also look inward and be like, well, you're also not giving yourself the opportunity to seek it out because you're doing the same thing, Uh, you know? So how do
0: you network? Um, And I'm asking you specifically, Melissa, how do you network? Because Mm. I know – that there's been so many articles about people saying it's harder to make friends as an adult, the loneliness epidemics at an all time high. People have a hard time connecting, reaching out, like adding new people to their life in a meaningful way. Once they get past like the college age, I think it gets harder for people. So how do you, you know, we're both past college, you know, Mm -hmm. you're married, like we both have our own things going on in life. How do you, network and just make sure that you're adding new people in a meaningful way to your, to your life. Ooh. So me specifically, I'm like, there's best
1: practices and there's what I'm doing. (laughs) So (laughs) I will caveat this with technically, according to Myers-Briggs, I do test as an extrovert. (laughs) I say that it's a lower percent extrovert, but I am an extrovert. So I, I will caveat that with I know networking and maybe we can talk about this as well of how to not make things feel like awkward and forced. I know it may be more difficult or maybe more hurdles to jump if you are an introvert, but I am an extrovert and, and I, I do enjoy talking to people and probing and asking a lot of questions. Um, so in, in recent days, in recent years or weeks, I actually um, had a, workplace that was really good about networking within the company. There was a lot of ample opportunity to continue to talk to my team and get to know my team. And so networking doesn't necessarily have to exist outside of work or outside of um, your current situations, career, business, anything like that. Um, And so I did a lot of networking inside my company, Mm. which has reaped benefits for me personally from other jobs because that's how I received other positions. Um, I got my last job because of the relationships I built in the first quote real big girl job that I ever had. Um, and so and that you know, I just getting to know people, I think, and just asking like it's, not seeing things as cut and dry in the workplace. I'm not like, okay, Michael, you know, jump on a Slack or jump on a meeting. Let's get straight to work. Show me the spreadsheet and let's get it done and move Mm -hmm. out. Like there's a lot of like, how was your weekend? Oh, your daughter goes to NC State. That's so wonderful. I just saw you shared pictures in our Slack channel that you went to Mexico. How was your vacation? Um, And it just really opens up the door for people to feel more comfortable and that we all don't have to be this, like, narrow and straight Mm -hmm. at work. I mean, you know, have your boundaries. You don't need to, like, share your life story or, you know, anything like that. Uh, Be curious, not overly. Don't ask too personal of questions. Um, So I'd say networking in your company is something I've done. That's a good one. And I think... There's an event. I haven't been to it in a while, but it's pretty popular. You may have heard of it. It's called Creative Mornings. Mm,
0: I have heard of it, but I've never been. I've wanted to go. So,
1: pre COVID, everything Creative Mornings was in person. And so, during COVID, they had to go virtual, but in person is back. And I believe it, it happens once a month. And it's just open to like anyone. And Creative Mornings is in multiple cities all across the nation. Um, I'm not 100% sure if it's international quite yet, but I I do know that there's – like even in North Carolina, there's a Creative Mornings in Charlotte, in Raleigh, in Asheville. Hmm. So they each have their own events, but the whole Creative Mornings circuit um, rally around one theme. and So the theme might be purpose. And so whoever is speaking at that event creates their presentation or they're, they're almost like a TED Talk around purpose. And I've personally met a lot of people through that and got more practice about being able to share what I do and get that, get that muscle working at those events. And it, it, it spans – it's not just a marketing thing. It's mm-hmm. not just a – Thing. You could be whatever. You don't even have to have a job to go. Um, and it was just like a, a way to rally locally, support a lot of local businesses. And I, I, I mean, there were, I would have to say that at least a hundred some people who go to that every single month, if not more. Wow. Um, so that's a another way. But what about you? How, how do you continue to network and
0: yeah. Do you do
1: you build that into sort of your your flow and routine of your life?
0: Yeah, so I actually don't spend a lot of time doing like formal networking in my industry. I think early in my career I I did a lot of like PR events, joining different organizations, XYZ. I don't do as much of that now. I mean, I probably could do more. Um, a lot of my networking comes more from just a general approach to just saying yes in my life. like If I'm invited somewhere, I will accept the invitation. And for me, I like that approach generally because it is kind of like what I was talking about with the book, it's more of a, a relationship building focus that's not just, hey, I need a job today, can you help me get a job? Or I need to sign new business to my company by the end of the month and that's why I'm reaching out. I think when you're building relationships without a specific ask, It just feels more natural, more organic, and then you have those relationships ready for when you need them. I think another thing that I do, in addition to just saying yes to things, is I make an effort to say yes without needing a plus one. Because I think sometimes when you bring a wingman, you bring your partner, a best friend, or even just a colleague, sometimes it can be a bit of a crutch. You have someone you already know and are comfortable with, and you spend more time talking to them than you do in making new relationships and expanding. So for example, a friend had a birthday party a couple months ago, and she was the only person I knew. I wasn't really close to the rest of her friend circle. And she'd asked if I wanted to bring someone with me so that I knew more people. And I said, I don't need that. That's fine. I ended up having really great conversations with people at my end of the table because I had to. I didn't have anyone else to talk to and afterwards one of the women in particular we just connected and we both reached out to that mutual friend and said oh I really liked her like let's do something together soon you know kind of using my friend as that bridge to you know eventually form a relationship that the two of us can have outside of just that mutual friend and I don't think I would have Really been as invested if I had someone else with me. So I think just approaching situations with a mind of yes and being comfortable in that I don't need to bring an entourage, I don't need a buddy, that kind of forces you to start talking to people and connecting in a way that I think can be enriching, obviously, socially in your life with people you care about, but can pay off professionally down the road as well. I think that would I'd say that's like my biggest philosophy. Um and then social media. I like chit chat with people on social media all the time. I, I use that a lot not so much to create new relationships but to nurture existing ones. I use it as a good reminder to ping people, check in, let them know I'm thinking about them because I saw something they posted. So for me I try not to make social media this toxic space, but it's actually a really like Instagram is really productive for me <laughs> in a relationship maintenance way.
1: <laughs> I love your philosophy of saying yes. Um, and I've definitely been the type to have a crutch and I totally, I see your perspective on it sort of pushing you in the best way possible to step outside that comfort zone. Um And so I can definitely be be better at that for sure. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned social media. Um, I didn't even mention that. Hello. And
0: that – Yeah, you have a lot of social (laughs) media friends. I think you're better at making relationships online. That was like – I just nurture them (laughs) online. (laughs) Nurture existing ones.
1: I don't know where that – I mean, I think I know where it started from and stemmed from. But I – guess I have found myself continuing to do that and I don't know – I honestly don't know why. I think um, it started because I used to blog (laughs) back in the day in college where (laughs) that's where everyone was. All these influencers were – they got their start from blogging and I'm sure there was something else maybe before then. Um, And then just through blogging, I made a bunch of internet friends. Like we were just all like sharing things online and you just – Trust your gut and like strike a connection with somebody and then, yeah, through new social platforms, you just continue to nurture that. Uh, I'm going to bring up my dog Instagram again. I've made a lot of friends through that. I I think social – I mean that's the, the best part of social media is the social part of it. It's the thing that really keeps the human element in it, keeps that human heart beating mm-hmm. and uh, you're right. Like you – talking about it, yes, there is some toxicity in that space, but there is a way to curate and nurture it in a way to make make sure it's adding value to your life. And I guess for me, there's just so many interesting people in the world that I just want to be friends with. And social Mm -hmm. has been just a great way to do that. And a lot of people want that. I mean, I think – I mean, there's like some bad sides of it of like seeking a lot of validation and all that stuff. But for the most part, I think the folks who share their lives or share value or just share their perspective on social, they appreciate and like the two-way conversation. They I've Mm -hmm. I've seen so many people like love it when you slide into their DMs in a nice way and say like, Wow, I love that so much and and get that feedback and Um, then you start to actually build a relationship and you're like, wow, I, I am seeking a lot of solace with this person. And it's more than just me following their lives and what they do. Like they really do inspire me or, or whatever. So I'm really glad you mentioned the social piece of that because yes, that is absolutely another way of finding connection, building community. Um, and we want, and, and there's like a lot of, um, friends that we've sort of reinvigorated some friendships through this podcast mm-hmm. and who have followed us, which like warms my heart. And it's people that, you know, we knew f- since high school as an example, but you know, life happens and you're you're not keeping in touch as much, but social allows you to do that. And now they're back in our lives. And I'm actually, I chat with a lot of them more so than I Daily chat with some of my best friends just because we just Mm -hmm. seek a lot of, like, connectivity and post things that we both like. And here's a conversation. I saw a video. I sent it to you. Um, So there's a lot of reconnection happening a lot on social, which I love.
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier also that you are a borderline extrovert. I am an extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much borderline. I was like, "Eh, yeah, you're (laughs) (laughs) – Um, But I do think also in this like more digital world we're living in, like sometimes different like mediums work better for different personality types as well. Like I've made some friends online. Admittedly, I could probably learn some things from you on like leaning into that more. But I know people who are maybe more uncomfortable being at a birthday dinner where they don't know someone else or like walking into a room full of people if they don't have like a crew with them, but online might feel like a more intimate space for them to create those meaningful relationships. So, and even if you're, you know, I have introvert friends who I think really thrive online and they're like, Oh my God, I have all these friends, all these people all over, you know, town. And it's really, bustling and I'm almost envious I'm like I'm a really social person like how do you have all of these (laughs) friends and so you just have to like find the mediums that work for you Mm -hmm. whether that's in person online via social like I mean I I we have a friend Melissa who has a lot of friends online and when they were moving to a new state actually had online friends that could help point them to these are neighborhoods that are safe to stay in you can come crash on my couch you know for a week while you're looking for apartments, obviously, like you do your own vetting, you know, for safety reasons before you just meet up with someone. But those were real friendships that blossomed mm-hmm. in a digital space. And in an increasingly global world, like I love to travel. I have a bunch of friends who aren't in my time zone and live really far away. So, new technology allows me to keep those relationships in my network warm because I don't have the option of seeing them in person frequently. So, lean into, you know, their best practices, but you also know yourself. And if you know that like walking into a room with some business cards is like your worst nightmare, like you don't have to force it. Yeah. (laughs) You'll find something else that works.
1: Exactly. And yeah, you know, there's how do we continue to make networking not feel forced and not feel awkward Mm -hmm. and you know I I empathize with the introverts of the world you know because I guess I'm borderline and for me no I'm not at my most comfortable walking into a room by myself when it's a crowd of like 250 people however comma if you invite me to an intimate dinner with four of your best friends who I do not know or just four friends, I can hold my own. And that's where mm-hmm. I know I thrive in. I don't necessarily thrive in a 250-person conference. I might need a little bit more coaching and guidance to figure out how I can capture those small spaces or get to those small spaces quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just something that I I know about myself. Um, so I think knowing that as like an introvert, like maybe starting small and, and doing more so or understanding like, do I like the one-to-one interactions or do I like the one-to-few or do I like the one-to-many? What is it about the one-to-many that I don't like? Um, mm-hmm. And just sort of trusting your gut and finding those people and just knowing like what kind of events and what kind of things are better suited for the type of interactions and collaboration and connectivity that you seek. Um, and some introverts, even though they're introverts, they actually thrive in presenting and being a panelist. Yeah. I know many introverts who I'm like, are you sure you're an introvert? And then I realize, I'm like, okay, maybe it's the conversation, but in terms of public speaking, they're spot on. And – As a panelist, like if you're a panelist, virtual or in person, that is a way to sort of start building your network and now Mm -hmm. people are actually coming to you versus you having come to them. Like that's sort of like the hardest part. And I think too, just getting rid of the notion that people don't want to talk to you and that they don't care. I mean, I can't speak for every single person that's ever attended an event, but for the most part, people show up to those things because they're seeking it out, because they want it. Mm-hmm. The person in the grocery store, you're, you are you come across each other in the dairy aisle, they may not want it. <laughs> they're like, yo, I just got to get my eggs and get out. However <laughs>
0: – so- Yeah, don't talk to me at the grocery <laughs> store. Um, I love <laughs> grocery shopping and so it's actually like very meditative for me. <laughs> So I'm like, I want to spend time here and just like, look at the produce, read the back of like the milk labels. (laughs) Renee is not an extrovert at the grocery store. No, I like have my like blinders (laughs) on. Like, let me just sit here and look at my like plant-based yogurt in peace.
1: (laughs) Like sometimes the like cute interactions of like, oh my God, I bought that shirt like is nice. That's fine. Um, True. But I also have been like quote targeted. At, no pun intended at Target with people coming up to me asking about if I want to make passive income, and I'm like, "Homegirl, oh, the MLM scheme." MLM. <laughs> I'm like, "No, I really don't. I just like want to go home."
0: <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I mean, I'm just teasing. I'm usually I'm usually quite open to talking to people or meeting people, but I, I mentioned earlier, you know, like I get a lot of like, I push myself by going stag. But I do think you can also, if that is just not what you're into, take advantage of your friends who are more comfortable and like limit yourself to like one buddy and kind of have them make the intros for you. Like I think especially earlier in my career before I was comfortable doing things, I really benefited from like going to an event with one coworker friend who was maybe a little more outgoing than me And then she would strike up a conversation and be like, oh, do you know my friend Renee? Or do you know my colleague Renee? And, you know, we made a pact that going together wouldn't mean that we stuck together, but more so that, like, instead of her being my crutch, she could be my bridge to making new connections and just have that, like, conversation before so that you can take advantage of your friend's strengths, you know, and they can help you and you help them in other ways. Uh, I love that quote, Renee.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Crutch versus a bridge. Like it. Yeah. People, Some people are like really good at stuff and there's, you know, they want to help you if they're really outgoing. It's like, i will love to introduce you to my friend, Melissa, or... I know a marketer. Her name's Jenny. Like, I'll put you guys in touch later. Yeah. And there are
1: there are people out there. Like, there are helpers. There are connectors. There are nurturers. Mm. Like, that's like an actual personality test of like, if you're a connector or nurturer, like, what's your quote leadership voice? That's a real thing. Um, are you uh, – I forgot the other ones, but – Let's just stay to the connector because that's the point of this this episode. And there are people out there who that's just what they love to do. They love to introduce. They see the spark that you have, and they and they just have this gift of being like, "Oh wow, they would actually be great for this." And so, lean on mm. lean on those those type of people who love to share their friends and love
0: to to share their networks. Absolutely. Um, I feel like there's just so many like ways we can go with this, but I guess how do you make your network work for you when you do need something? Like we've talked about not just introducing yourself with, hi, my name's Renee and this is my problem that I'm hoping you'll solve. Like give me this job, give me this thing I need. That's not a great elevator pitch. Um, But now you have this beautiful network of people. How do you like make it work for you in a way that also like doesn't feel icky, you know? I
1: think just being – I think wanting it, like wanting to root for people and wanting to know what they're up to and not being – and just being authentic about it and showing up curiously and showing up for them I think is important. They're are people in my network that I don't ever, like, I don't have to talk to every single day, but the impression is if they needed something from one another, like we would be there for them. And that's just sort of the, the standard that you set when you meet them. And I think that is when networking doesn't feel forced or doesn't feel inauthentic because you've built that reputation with them. And yeah, like you mentioned with social media, even just hearting or reaction, reacting to something that they've accomplished or commenting on a – and congratulating them on a job that they received or reaching out to them. Um, I've also been really lucky to actually have better networkers in my network than hmm. me being the networker <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been I've benefited from that for sure sometimes. Too. Yes, of
1: like all of a sudden, I, you know, quick story, when I quit two jobs ago, I didn't have another job lined up. I wasn't even seeking something out. Someone that I worked with um at another company who I actually hired as an intern reached out to me and was like, "You need to work where I work and you would be perfect for this position." And I'm like, "Huh?" And you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that – and I have to give myself some credit too. Like I'm, I'm not trying to like not give myself credit. I need to be better at that as well of – she knew that because of the relationship that we built before. And she knows mm-hmm. what I was – She she knew what my strengths were. She knew what I was looking for in a position. She knows my personality. And that's when like your network starts doing the work for you. And it didn't feel inauthentic on her end. And I don't think if I had made it feel inauthentic, she wouldn't be offering me um, a, a chance to have a conversation with somebody on her team because that's a reflection of her. And Yeah, so, she'd have to vouch for you. And that's what sort of your network is doing. It, it's it, it helps build you up. And so – if you want your network to build you up, like you also have to build up your network and do, th- mm-hmm. do the work as well. Like connect the people, have the conversations, meet up, don't let it be one-sided conversations. I mean, I can speak for the both of us where I don't think we could ever – go well, I can't say ever, but I think <laughs> mostly we – it's just not in our bones to come off as inauthentic. Like we're just – honest direct and like real hearty people that it's just more difficult to come off as fake than it's just to come off as real I think it takes more work to sort of come off fake and people can read through that and like that's just so 2000 and
0: late (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) I love that you just said that (laughs) And aged us both with the way that I laughed immediately. I almost sang it, Renee. I almost sang it.
1: <laughs> wow. That would have been amazing. Um, Black Eyed Peas, if you guys didn't get the reference for your youngins. Black Eyed Peas when Fergie was in there.
0: Boom, boom, pow. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I love your story because I think sometimes people – they don't hear a lot of like quote unquote regular people not saying that you're regular because i think you're extraordinary (laughs) but um they don't always hear regular people having these stories of oh i lost a job and within a week like you know an opportunity has already presented itself from someone i knew i think i think this is more attainable than i than we realize but what i really loved about your story is that this opportunity came from someone you'd previously hired as an intern. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to the beginning of our conversation about why networking gives people the ick, I think there's this idea that successful networking, and let me stop there. I don't want to say this is an idea. There is a false idea that successful networking is all about moving up, Mm -hmm. networking up. I only want to speak to my peers or higher, and I'm not interested in the people, quote unquote, I don't really like the word below. Like we've talked about this, the hierarchies of work. I understand. That gives me the ick. But you know what I mean? And I think that's a fallacy that we need to remember. Opportunities come from anywhere. They come from someone with six months of experience. They come from someone with 40 years of experience. And I think making the effort and investing the time to meet people at all levels, treat them with the same kindness and respect of, as a secretary, as you would to a CEO, as you would to an intern. I think that's really important, I, especially, I mean, we're seeing their TikTokers who can't drive, but are making, you know, more money than some of us will see in a lifetime. There are people who don't have college degrees or some of the older trappings of success who are wildly successful at a young age or with less formal experience. So definitely don't fall into the trap of only focusing your efforts on, let me look only for the big fish. Like who's got the title, who's got this and that, like the janitor or, you know, sanitation person can connect you to the most amazing opportunities and be a really rewarding friend for you. So I just remember that. I I think that's something that we can forget sometimes. And like our rush to be ambitious is that we we block out potential avenues that can be really, really advantageous.
1: Absolutely. Be nice to your interns.
0: We all were interns. Once upon a time. Hello. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Be nice to your interns – make friends everywhere. Like, you know, You, I, I have a hard time believing that you can find anyone in the world that you don't have at least one thing in common with, mm-hmm. that you can't, you know, have a pleasant conversation. Yes, there are some people who you might fundamentally disagree with a bunch of stuff on, but there are opportunities everywhere. if If you choose to view life with that Lens <laughs> that there are, you know, friends to be made, connections to be fostered, and you know, winnings for us all to spread the wealth. It's a say, <laughs> literally and figuratively,
1: <laughs> it's a say yes philosophy and like an expansive mindset. And it's just if you're a naturally curious person, networking yes. may just. I know it's, like, not the prettiest word in the dictionary and, like, kind of want to rebrand it, but I don't know to what. Um, does networking <laughs> need a rebrand? Maybe. Um, yeah, but, like, curious people, I think, just may not be, quote, naturally better at networking. I mean, that, at least that's just what I think it is. No, I, th- I think we're all curious people at the end of the day. So yeah, curiosity, that's where networking stems from.
0: Do you? I like that. (laughs) I don't – I love that. Um, (laughs) Haven't said that one in a while. Um, I kind of – I'm happy ending it there. Do you have any other final thoughts on networking? I think just like my last bit I think I have on networking
1: and sort of like the power of networking is this opportunity to practice telling your story and mm, cuz if you yes. do yeah cuz like if you don't share it who's going to know about it and you sort of have to lean into yourself like there's just so much like confidence i know co- we talked a lot about confidence in our last episode and confidence absolutely shows herself in this topic of networking and mm. i think networking builds confidence because it makes you repeat what you do and who you are and how you show up. Um, and the fact that you are just showing up, right? Like that's the the first step. So yeah, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of networking is you being able to practice, um, telling your story and like sharing it and being really confident about it. Um, I know for me, like, Now we have – this is like your 21st episode. We are podcasters. Um, I need to start introducing myself as a podcaster. Like, hi, I am Melissa. This is what I do in my day job, but one of my passions is podcasting, and I need to just own that. So I would say one of the best benefits, my last remaining thought, networking,
0: tell your story, share your story. We want to hear it. I really appreciate that. Um that's actually one of my favorite quotes from my favorite book, The Waves by Virginia Woolf. Um it's like one of the sadnesses in life is that our friends aren't able to finish their stories. And I do I do think it's important that everyone gets a chance to tell their story and 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 share it with other people. So, I like that you ended it on that. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Um, what's your gold star for this week?
1: Oh, I've got a good oh. one because, as you all know from the beginning of this episode, um, I had a really amazing vacation with my husband. We went to Tulum, Mexico, um, and at first I was kind of <laughs> – <laughs> I'm gonna share a little tea. I was a little upset. I was like, "Why are we staying in three different hotels? Like, I have to pack my stuff and repack it." I was being a little brat about it, but it was actually one of the best ideas he ever he's ever had. He 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 actually is the idea generator, and I'm just someone who helps make it happen. You're an executor. So we ended up staying. I'm an executor, yes. We stayed in three very wonderful hotels, but the one hotel I want to give a gold star to that just like shined, no pun intended, like brighter than the rest was called La Valise. And it is a boutique hotel in Tulum right on the Strip. And I have never in my life experienced this level of, of comfort, of being taken care of, of just like personal touch. Um, just from the website, I think you you get the the vibe and understanding of the type of place and the type of feeling that they want to create for mm-hmm. their guests. We had like complimentary breakfast. Like it was just so much privacy. You got access to a ton of pools. You also got access to their spa. It was one of the best beach oh. views that we've we got to experience, and every single person there just like made us feel like we were celebrities. And Eric noticed um, some some stuff while we were there. He was like, "Do you see how every time we walk anywhere?" They speak on the walkie-talkie because they are communicating to the other people at the hotel where we're going to be so that they can make sure that we're – like where they're attentive and that we're attended to. So everywhere we went, there was always some way there. Like Eric's real name is Enrico, by the way. So they'd be like, oh, Enrico and Melissa, would you like a drink? We know you like the mango juice with the tajin rim, right? And we're like "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) – It was just so. I was like, "Yo, I like leaning into the bougie, <laughs> leaning into the bougie." It was so beautiful, La Valise. Um, so I recommend
0: La Valise. Valise.
1: I can't wait to look uh, at the website. V A L I S E. Oh god, Renee! This hotel has like Renee written <laughs> all over it. Honestly, like I cannot to go with you there one day. I will. Oh my! It's not. It, it was romantic, of course, but it. It's totally like a small, like an intimate, like in a non-romantic way, beautiful place as well. You could go solo. There was like solo people there. There was a girl's trip. There were people celebrating their honeymoons and there were couples. Like it's – the vibe is Ooh, immaculate. One of my
0: favorite things is about a restaurant or any sort of establishment – not a restaurant, a hotel or any kind of establishment is when people make the effort to like remember my name I mean, I think that's just, like, a general human thing, too. Like, when you're meeting new people, when someone, like, you, ni- it's nice to hear your name coming out of someone else's mouth, but especially at a hotel, if you can, like, keep track of me amongst all your other guests and be like, oh, Enrico and Melissa, you're over here. I remember what you look like and I remember what you like. It's just such a special touch. I I love that you guys had that experience and that I can have it soon, too. I swear, I think- <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh we're going 100- hundred. <laughs> Eric and I said Anytime we're going back to Tulum Like we have to stay there Like we have to end our trip there um, And one more thing Is like I think they just Kept really good notes on Love us it. too Because I there were times when I would go up Or they would come up to me and they're like Oh Melissa you speak Spanish right And I'm like or they would say it in Spanish But they would you know And I'm like
0: wait I do how do you know? Oh yeah, you got to practice your Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, nice. I did. Um, what's your gold star? So my gold star is uh, the Netflix mini documentary series "How to Live to One Hundred: Secrets of the Blue Zones." so you've talked about blue zones to me before this for years Years. okay so years ago i read this book called the blue zones by dan buettner it is about this man who's researched the five geographic zones in the world that have the highest concentration of centenarians people who are living to be 100 and older and not just long lifespans but also health spans so they're at 100 Like, cognitively there, still quite mobile, like living healthy, fulfilling lives into old age. Um, the book was amazing. I read it so quickly. I immediately bought it for my dad and gave it to him. He loved it. And they've made a, a mini series of it now on Netflix where the author, Dan, travels to the different geographic zones where they have the highest concentration of centenarians. Um, Let me see if I can remember all five of them. It's Ikaria, Greece, uh, Okinawa, Japan, the Nakoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, uh, community in California, Seventh-day Adventist community in California. I can't remember the name of the city right now. And then there is another Mediterranean one that's not just Greece. It is, um, I can't remember right now, but... That's good. He's fine. Yeah, I was, I should hope. I was like, I love this book. But it's beautiful because he also, in the book, he tracks the common threads across all of these communities that he thinks contributes to longevity. Um, You know, social, strong social ties, having purpose, certain attributes in their diet and exercise routines, like, you know, these different ways of life that you can adopt into your personal life. But the video, um, seeing it brought to life in the series is so beautiful. You guys know that I love old people. (laughs) And just seeing these like older people who are thriving and happy and contributing to their communities. It's just, it's so heartwarming. I, I love seeing like an old wrinkled smiley face from like someone in like all these different regions of the world and just seeing that it is possible that like life doesn't stop when you turn 40 or 60, that you can do certain things to give yourself a shot at really maximizing the years you have on this planet. So if you're interested in, you know, just seeing some beautiful old people and learning more about how we can, you know really enrich our lives to maximize our longevity and health spans highly recommend how to live to 100 on Netflix mm. I mean isn't that all we isn't that all
1: like what we want we want a well lived well loved life yeah i got to watch yeah. i need to watch that series i want to read the book too actually would you recommend reading the book and watching the series
0: Yeah, because the book really gives you like the nine traits that he's like, I looked at all of these and I did the scientific research and this is consistent across all nine areas. Mm -hmm. He touches on some of that in the series as well. But the series obviously has more of a human interest touch where he's walking around with a guide speaking to this group of older women in Japan or this community of farmers um, up on like the rocky Terrains of like the Mediterranean, you know, so you get to just see what their life looks like more, and so it's just it's. I think they're both wonderful in a different way. And you just made this conversation go full circle. I talked about I can't
1: point to research that says having a community of and mm-hmm. <laughs> people. I mean, this is the research. This is it. That's it probably one, one of, of the attributes. nine tenets. Yeah, it is
0: having strong social ties is one of the the nine things that he's like these people are not isolated in like a room somewhere where no one speaks to them they're like actively Mm -hmm. participating in their community and seeing other faces and communicating with people all day look at you rounding out our conversation i love when
1: we circle back (laughs) i know (laughs) you teed me up nicely
0: (laughs) (laughs) um what are you manifesting So my manifestation comes from a woman I follow on Instagram. She is an event planner. She plans like really top tier events for celebrities and high brands. And I I don't know if she would also call herself an influencer, but I like her content. So, And I'm not planning any events. So I just follow her. Her name is Carlene Roy. And she recently posted on Instagram about six things she's learned during her first six months in L.A. She's been in L.A. for six months now after a long period of being a New Yorker. And one of her six things really stuck with me. She said, the bait we use determines the fish we catch. You know, when you put out mid vibes to the world, mid results is what you'll get. Ah! And on the flip side, when you put in top tier work, you can watch your life level up. And I just loved that reminder. Again, we always talk about like your life is in your control, but the bait that I put out really does influence the fish that I will catch. So I guess I am manifesting being really mindful of what bait I'm using so that I can get the things I want by putting the right things out there to attract it back.
1: I don't fish. (laughs) I didn't realize a fishing metaphor would be life changing. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It just like all six, all six of the things she's learned were great. But that one, I was like, that was my social media outreach. I was like, (laughs) Carlene, I don't know you, but girl, this is the one. (laughs)
1: like you are influencing me even though you're not an influencer and level, yeah like leveling up is like part of part of what you're trying to do so yeah, yeah perfect it's a great
0: manifestation
1: yeah
0: i loved um, it what's your manifestation
1: so mine is about pausing which mm. is interesting um i'm i i did not realize how much i don't know i felt like this is uh perfect for some moments in my life right now. But um, it's from Jules Ackery. We've mentioned her, mentioned her newsletter before. And this one uh, just like struck a chord with me. And she talks about the power of pause and how sometimes like we are just so chronically busy and adding a lot of noise. There's a lot of things getting put on our plate, just like a buffet of busy. Okay. I – I made that one up. I like Um, that. (laughs) Buffet and busy. (laughs) And we all know how we feel after buffets. We don't feel good, okay? Even though they're wonderful, they look wonderful, we feel like crap afterwards. Um, But she says, like, here's a quick tip. Before saying yes to a new task or commitment, ask yourself, am I equipped to handle this right now? If the answer Mm. isn't a clear yes, maybe it's a time to hit pause and rethink. And I think it's just like a reminder for us that busy doesn't necessarily always equal value and that it's, it is honestly okay for us to take a moment and we talk about pivoting all the time and in order for you to pivot and to recognize what that pivot is, you have to reflect and that's the moment the power of pause can come into play. Um, Lots of, wordplay there with pause and play I didn't mean to do that but here we are I like and so it. I just liked that right like and it's it's okay if you can't handle it at the moment handle uh you know push it in a good way to a time where you feel like you were able to give it that 100% that something may need um versus just trying to get it off your plate so
0: that's my I manifestation that's a great reminder. It also makes me think of something that I've heard some companies use in hiring policies where if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And I think that's mm-hmm. similar in a lot of things like you mentioned. Like if if it's not a strong yes to add this thing to my to-do list, then it, maybe it should be a no for now until yeah. I until I'm ready for it to be a hell yes.
1: And then you then you can put your heart into it, you know what I mean? Mhm. I think that's beautiful. Well, Renee, I am glad to be like back in business, <laughs> back Me in the too. the regular cadence of podcasting. <laughs> um, and speaking of networking, uh, please, you guys like slide into our DMs. We love hearing the feedback that you share, anything that's resonated with you or um, if there's like a topic that is just like brewing in your brain. Let it out, let it out, and maybe we can add that, add that to the schedule.
0: Yeah, let us know. We love. Um, we don't really sign who responds to what on our like social channels or emails, but we're both reading and engaging with everything. So don't be a stranger. We we're always open to new friends and connections. So excited to get to know you guys better. Love, comma the extroverts, kind of. <laughs> you're one of us
1: (laughs) all right well everyone have a beautiful day night the rest of your week thanks everyone bye